Before we kind of dive into today's message, just before this, I just want to kind of set the tone. It talks about the shepherd and the sheep, which you're going to hear about next week. And it moves to Jesus in this passage, finding his identity by talking about his relationship with his father. You know, I think all of us clearly understand the value of having a good father, don't we? We, we really do. In fact, sociologists tell us when a father is absent, the rate of juvenile delinquency, teen pregnancy, of dropping out of school drastically goes up. It's proven. On the converse is true that where a father is present and functioning as a good father in the household... What you have is you have children emerge with a head start emotionally, relationally, and spiritually as a father is serving God. We understand the value of the role of a father. And if I can just kind of suggest to you by way of introduction this morning that what would be very true of a human father in a family is even more true when it comes to our relationship with God our Father spiritually. And the vitality of our spirituality and our spiritual life is so very important. And so in light of that, I wanna speak into a few things today that Jesus speaks about this in the value of his relationship with his heavenly Father, how it can help us with our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and not only that, our relationship with others around us. We're going to look at two things. First of all, Jesus' relationship with his Father in heaven, and then we're going to look at our relationship with God the Father for these next few moments. So Jesus' relationship with his Father in this passage is profound. It's interesting to note that when you're in the Bible, that God is spoken of as father 15 times in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he's referred to as father 245 times. It's amazing, which tells you something about the difference the cross makes in our ability to relate to God and the basis for that relationship. Isn't that something? We get to the cross and it's 245 times that we see Jesus relating to God as his father. Of the 245 times in the New Testament where God is called father, half of those appear in the gospel of John. 119 times we're told God is our father right in this book that we are studying. Now understand this, there's a three month difference between between verse 21 and verse 22, because in this he speaks of the feast of dedication, which is we probably know more as Hanukkah. It's December, it's winter months, it's cold. Jesus is walking to the temple and the Jews gathered around him, verse 24, and said, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, would you just tell us plainly? That's what they're saying. We just wanna know. I mean, so really in another way to put it is how, many, how long are you gonna continue to annoy us with this? We wanna know, we're in suspense. Are you Messiah? Tell us. And they only want him to speak so they can charge him with a crime and crucify him. And Jesus answered, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. So Jesus defines who he is and what he does based on his relationship with his Father. 
His effectiveness is summed up in his connectedness to the Father. Can I say that's the same thing for you and me? That our effectiveness is summed up in our connectedness to our Heavenly Father every single day. You and I are only effective by our relationship with our Heavenly Father and how connected we are to that. What happens is many Christians in their lives live beneath the level of what God has for them, and they don't function with a true dynamic, a spiritual dimension with power and intimacy with the Father that they could have. See, without an understanding of who God is as our Father, we are really left with a diminished view and understanding of God. And that results in a diminished experience of his power working in our life. Now, I'm sure many of us could go around, men or women in this room, whatever, uh, whoever you are, we have young people that are in here, maybe even children today, but do you realize how vital your relationship with your earthly father is or was? You know, I can look back in my life and say, hey, my dad has always been there to cheer me on, to encourage me when I'm going through difficult times and tell me that he's proud of me. And you know, those words ring in our ears. Our father's words ring in our ears, don't they? They really do, just like our mothers do as well. And what we did and how we dealt with him and how we related with him you know, my dad's, uh, my, our relationship has always been very good throughout the years. Perfect, no. But because he's been a solid foundation, it's helped me to stand taller in my calling with God. And I think we need to come back and understand uh, dads in this room that, that really we are the foundation for our children in their lives, that really we help them set the trajectory of their life and the course and the destination that they will head to and land on. See, Jesus wants you and I to understand that our relationship, not only with him, but us processing our relationship with the Father is absolutely vital to a dynamic spiritual life. So your, your effectiveness spiritually is directly related to your relationship with the heavenly father. And I don't have this scripture verse on the screen for you, but I encourage you to write it down. Proverbs 14, 26 says this, reverence for God gives a man deep strength. I want you to think about that for a moment. Reverence to God and for God gives man deep strength. You could say women as well. And it says this, his children have a place of refuge and strength. And so, so because of our reverence for God the Father in heaven today, what happens is it takes place and outsources as a place of refuge and a place of strength for our children. How many of you know in this day, today, this day that God has given to us, that our children need a place of strength and refuge like never before, amen? With that we need to be that place for them, moms and dads in this room. So this message today isn't just for dads, it's for everybody as we take scripture and we drink it in. Jesus defines his identity by his relationship with the Father. To Jesus, his Father is not some distant deity, Many people serve a God like that, that he is just distant, he doesn't care, but that's not how Jesus related to his heavenly father. See, there was a perfect interaction with one another. They knew one another intimately. 
Matter of fact, the Bible says this, to those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. So how does Jesus live such a powerful life? Well, you have the son watching the father. The father is showing the son what to do. And it is through this dynamic relationship between the father and the son that Jesus lives this incredibly powerful life. And so we understand that, dads, it's, it's by showing our children how to live a life in walking with Jesus through the ups and through the downs, right? I, you and I probably learned many things by watching our dads growing up. Some things good and some things bad, right? But there's only some things that you and I can learn by being close to our father. Amen? There are only some things that you get because you see and you're right there and you're interacting and you're seeing what they are doing. I want you to know that even in chapter 5, verse 17 says, but Jesus answered, my father's working until now and I am working. Now, this, this, don't miss this because this is so vital. In other words, Jesus is not operating on his own, which is contrary to the way many people function. It's kind of like, God, you know, I'm working over here, so God, why don't you come over here and work with me? But Jesus says, my father is working, and what I see my father do is what I do. Rick Warren said this, if you want to see God work in your life, find out what he's doing and be a part of it. Isn't that good? That's a great quote. If you want to see God work in your life, See what God is doing and go be a part of that. Amen? Verse 25 goes back. For the works that God has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. Jesus is saying, I am not doing what I'm doing unilaterally. I wouldn't even try to do it on my own. That's not why I'm here but God, you are my model, and I will follow after you. And because of that, I'm going to model you to a lost and dying world. And I'm here to explain God to a lost and dying world. Verse 30, if I'm not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. Wow. But there's something supernaturally that's happening. He's amazing in his life that he lives, and he says this, then I and the father are one. I and the Father are absolutely one, and they are one in essence, not one in personality. We know that. The same, but they are separate. One in purpose, but separate in personality. But everything Jesus does flows out of the Father dynamically. So Jesus' relationship with his Father resulted in a dynamic life because there was closeness and there was intimacy. Man, you know, this word intimacy, this is how Jesus operated. There was an intimacy between the Father and the Son and the Son and the Father back and forth. That's what took place. And he's showing that that is the only way for you and I to live a dynamic Christian life is that there would be true intimacy and relationship and that you see what the Father is doing and I see what the Father is doing and we go do what the Father is doing. Second, now out of that, I want to talk about our relationship with the Father. You know, how we think about God and how we, how we uh, walk with God, it is functioning in the reality that God is our Father and it's whom we get our identity in and it's the one that we pray to. 
Some are very good with Jesus as the son. They get that concept. They understand it and his role. But somehow when it comes to the father in heaven, depending on how you were raised, I'm not sure. But, but God kind of, you've known all along, you've thought this. And you said, well, God is the one that's out to get me. God is a wrathful God that he's coming and he's come to condemn me and beat me down. And Jesus stepped in and said, no, don't, you know, or maybe more of a manly, no, don't, and more of a manly voice. And let me just ask you this for a moment. Do you feel and understand and know how much the father loves you today? And how does that resonate with you? How does that resonate with you for just a moment? Do you see God as your provider, as incredibly kind towards you and loving you and embracing you and caring for you? And some do, and, and, and that is great, but for some, the view of the heavenly father begins the lens through which we see him. What happens is it becomes clouded because our relationship with our earthly father has somehow been jaded. And let me just tell you, it's not just you. It tends to be something that's very common. And so listen, know this. The enemy knows the power of a relationship with a father, so he's going to do everything he can to mess that relationship up. And let me tell you, he's doing a darn good job at it. Clouding and marring and jading it in the world that we live in in our own lives. Listen, even Martin Luther the great reformer who is this brilliant theologian writes this, I have difficulty praying the Lord's prayer because whenever I say our father, I think of my own father who was hard, unyielding, and relentless. I cannot help but think of God that way. This is the guy who launched the Protestant Reformation. And here he has a barrier when he prays because of his earthly father. That is not that unusual, I just want to say. There is no such thing, though, today, I hope you realize, as a, as a perfect father, because there's no such thing as perfect people. And so what happens is we can carry, though, that baggage with us from that relationship, and you can even have a good relationship with your father, and what can happen is your security can be in his walk with God, and it's not your walk with God. You can have a father who is there physically, but not there emotionally. Or it can be a performance-driven dad the way it is in sports and in grades. Or a father who is into the law more than into the law of love. So yes, it is dads making sure that we tell our children how proud of them we are and how much we love them and interact with them and share that with them. See, there's a tendency to not have a close walk with God, which is significant. What can happen is, is that you and I can go through this life as a spiritual orphan. Somebody that's maybe disconnected, no connectedness to the Father. If you look upon our earth now, the orphans that are out there, uh, they, they, they didn't know them, they were unknown, and it can play out like this. So for the next few moments, I want to share with you some things that what happens is, is we have a, a, a spiritual orphan view of God, but we can have an understanding 
as God as our Father, and when that happens, something incredible takes place in our spiritual walk. See, spiritual orphans view God as loving based on performance. That could be some of you. That when you pray many times and you look at it, you say, well, all things may be good, but as you think as a spiritual orphan, as long as you check off all the things you think you should check off to have a spiritually healthy life, then you come before God and you ask him what you want. If not, then it's very debilitating. You believe God loves you based on your performance, and this is very true with many people. It's really hard to get over this, especially in America, that our, that our, that our love is based on a performance. But God the Father loves us before we were created. Before you and I did absolutely one thing, God loved us. That nothing you will do will earn his love or take it away. And see, what pro- the problem is many people live as a spiritual orphan in that love based on performance, a performance-oriented relationship, and some that are living that way are, are, are a spiritual orphan in their walk with God today. Spiritual orphans view God as setting unreasonable standards and being harsh and critical um, when, when we miss them. In other words, here's the manual, read it, and just do it, Right? Some have that view as, as their spiritual heavenly father, that as an orphan, that's the way they are. But you got to understand that God the Father is compassionate, and he knows we're frail, and he knows our weaknesses. How much you to know, God knows our weaknesses today. Everybody in this room, God knows your weakness. God knows my weaknesses, and everybody has them, right? But he's compassionate, and he knows we're frail. And he knows that we're made of dust. And Psalm 103 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so our God has compassion for us. I mean, do you think an earthly father is going to have more compassion on you than God has for you? Absolutely not. Because he is compassionate. If somebody has a spiritual orphan view as God, they look, God is distant, he's fickle, he's and fulfilling his word only when he feels like it. Like when you need God's help financially or or physically, when you go to God as an orphan, you say, well, I hope God will do this. And see see how what that does inside of us, it takes away our confidence, doesn't it? That if, well, I hope God, I hope he does this. And see, we really, how can we come before God, our Father in heaven, and have confidence before him? Because the Bible says we should come before him with confidence. How do you come before him with confidence and say, well, God, I hope he's going to do this. I hope. I don't know. How many of you know that we don't have a maybe God today? But God the Father is completely trustworthy in eternity. No one will accuse him of letting him down because his ways and his plans will always be perfect and relevant. In heaven, you will see his ways, and his ways were perfect. How many of you know it's hard to see that right now? That we look and think, God, I don't know if your ways are that perfect. I don't know if your plan was that great, God, today. Right? But in heaven, you know, we're going to get the opportunity to be able to probably see many of what we've gone through. We're going to say, wow, your plans really were perfect, God. You really did have it all worked out when I didn't think you even did. And we're going to be able to say, God, you do all things well. Spiritual orphans view God as cold and distant. That he's a distant deity 
But God the Father, you understand, knowing this, is warm and affectionate. He holds you. He embraces you today. And he says, you are my child. Spiritual orphans view God as unforgiving and merciless. Maybe you've come in here today and wonder if God remembers all of your junk all the time and keeps putting up in your face. And and if I haven't forgotten, then I know God hasn't forgotten. And that's what a spiritual orphan believes and lives every single day. But God, our Father in heaven, is quick to forgive. Moses says in the Old Testament, the Lord gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in what? love. Hallelujah. Our Father in heaven is quick to forgive today. Spiritual orphans view God as stingy and holding out. Well, I know God could do it if he wanted to. And how many of you know it's very hard to pray with a childlike faith that believes in a father like that? How do you really come if you really believe that we have a heavenly father that is stingy towards us and holds out and his hand is closed rather than seeing our father as hands that are open, that is ready to give. But God the father in heaven is lavishly generous, amen? He is lavishly generous. James chapter five says this, if any of you lacks Wisdom, here's what it says in the original language. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of the giving God. That's what it actually says. Ask of the giving God today. If you're lacking wisdom, if you're lacking anything today, that you would ask of the giving God and he will give generously to you. We have a generous father. The Bible even says that For the Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Matthew 6, verses 8 and verses 9, we know this well. He says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus saying, I want to show you who God is because you have a good, good Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be Done. I just think this has just been such a God theme for this year because we knew it wasn't going to be easy having this as our theme. And then we get into 2020 and God's like, boom, here I go. I'm doing my kingdom. I'm having my way. I'm doing my thing. Amen. But we're praying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus says, I've come to show you who my father is because we have such a tight relationship and we are one and I want you to know him. You say, wow, John, that sounds great. That's, that's all good, man. But let me tell you something. I, I haven't had a background that was that good with my dad. But I have three words today that as we drink, bring this down to conclusion that I want you to consider for just the next few moments. The first one is forgive. Would you give your dad the gift of forgiveness today? Would you give him the gift of forgiveness? You know, he might not even be able to ask for it or he might not be even around to ask for it. But that today 
you can forgive him no matter what he did or did not do in your life, in your upbringing. See, by doing that, what happens is, is it sets you free to keep moving on in life. That we know Jesus paid your sin, so would you just go ahead and let him go? Forgive him? Honor him today? See, you, you can't really experience the embrace of the Father unless you forgive your earthly father. But I can tell you something today, by doing that, there's healing for you. There's healing. There's healing. Number two, forget. Would you, would you today forget all of your father's failings? Because we can carry them with us. And many times we do. And many times their brokenness is our brokenness. As we process the pain of our life. But, but today, would you take this moment and would you just forget your father's failings? And, and, and maybe if I can just say this, would you kind of just forget your father? And I don't mean that disrespectfully today. But, but once you and I come to Christ, that we understand who our heavenly father is. It is God and once you become a Christian, you have a father who is so much more than that. And third, would you today focus on the love of your father? Thankful that I'm so thankful that you love me. Thank you. And when you and I find our identity in our relationship to our father, we're going to enter into a new promise of God's power dynamically. So what is it gonna take? It's gonna take you and I changing our focus off of orphan thinking and into a godly perspective of our Father. So if you've come to Christ today, you can hear the Father speak these words. I love you. And today what he's doing in this room and in your life is he is wrapping his arms around you and he is pulling you close to his heart and he is embracing you today no matter what you are going through. There's nothing like the embrace of our heavenly father but so many times we keep ourselves distant from his embrace. We put him off. We keep him at a distance for whatever reason, our failures, things done or said, things you wish you wouldn't done or said, all of us have those. But would you just come closer to the heavenly father today and would you allow him to embrace you and would you allow him to draw you in and hold you tight today? You know, I think God wants us to realize that in our world today through the pain and the suffering and the hurt and the things that we're going through, would you just let the Father draw you in? Would you just let him embrace you for a moment? Will you join me in prayer? Father, thank you so much for this word today. Your word of John chapter 10. 
But Lord, it's to every single one of us. Maybe there's many who have not considered your love for them that are here. Never consider your deep, incredible love for them. And God, may they sense your embrace. They would sense your love that would be drawn and would draw them into a deeper relationship with you. Maybe it's been clouded by failings. Maybe it's been clouded by imperfections, outright sinfulness of an earthly father. And I pray that the heart of Jesus to show us the father and to make him known would be accomplished today in the lives of every man and woman, young person, boy and girl in this place. May we be liberated by the knowledge of your love, Lord. May we find our identity in each of us walking in intimacy with you. May the words, Father, take on new meaning today. And that each person here would experience your presence, your goodness, your love in a way that they've never known it before. And that would launch them into a walk with you that would become their true identity. That Lord, if we really want to know what you're doing, we would find out what you're doing and we would do that today. So we are so grateful for your love. So thankful. Lord, permeate us today. Permeate us today with the fragrance of your love, Lord Jesus. Brace every hurting person in this room today. Each person who doesn't know you, find you and want that type of love. Even for those that are far away from you today, Lord, that they would come close to you and know you. And that each of us would know that you want to be our Father. To experience more of you today than we've ever had before, Lord. That today, everyone in this room can be right with you. Can be right with you. They can make it right with you. Thank you, Lord. We know as earthly fathers, we are not perfect. We are to mirror you, Heavenly Father. And we have imperfections and we have failings. Lord, we just come and lay those down, but we're not going to live there because that's where a spiritual orphan would live. But Lord, we come understanding you, your view towards us is you accept us and you love us and you come to encourage us today. So thank you for embracing us. And will you today, church, just allow the Father to embrace you? Would you just allow him to embrace you today? be drawn in closer to him on this Father's Day. Our great heavenly Father. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that we would see your view more than what the world's view of you really is, Lord, and set us free and liberate us to do and become all that you have called us to become In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, amen.
and amen. Dads, we love you. We're not giving away a physical gift today because of all this, you know, stuff going on, but I pray that there was a spiritual impartation upon your life today as you take God's word over your life with you and love on your families and your kids and love on your, your, your neighbors and love your workplace and love on this lost world that desperately needs father figures more than ever before. Amen.